Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Anti-Bullying 101. My name's Jim Burns, and we're here to discuss a variety of topics. Bullying is the big one, of course, but, you know, right now many people are experiencing a host of other problems. Domestic violence, workplace bullying, cyberbullying, community and family bullying. And, you know, often when I speak with people... I discover that they seem to be having trouble with the people that are closest to them in their life, like their parents or their siblings. People become angry and bitter and just don't realize that there is a choice. And it can be just as easy to develop love, joy, and peace, and patience as it is to develop angry to become angry, bitter, and vengeful. Now, this podcast is designed for anyone who wants to have a fuller, more vibrant life and to offer some ideas on how to balance the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual areas of their life. But we are Anti-Bullying 101. So it's truly my hope that we can help everyone Just live a life without the fear of harassment, intimidation, and bullying. You know, time goes by quick, doesn't it? I mean, I am 67 years old. 67. And um, which means I entered the first grade in 1961. And I would care to imagine that many, most of my listeners are, they probably weren't even born yet. And I attended a Catholic elementary school, which is just another story. And you'll hear some of those more stories at another point. And during the first few days of school, the teachers would spend some time getting to know the kids and go around the room asking questions like, What's your name, your address, your telephone number? And you'd be surprised. Most people didn't know their name, didn't know their address and their telephone number. 
and some of us, you know, really had a problem with it. But there was one question that always came up, and when I was six years old, I really didn't know how to answer it. The question was, what type of work does your father do? You know, another kids answered that their father was a factory worker, an engineer, fireman, policeman, doctor, lawyer, or a teacher. Now, what did my father do for a living? He was a bartender. Well, not quite. He owned a bar. So, what the hell does he do? I said he owned a bar. The teacher really didn't know what to say, so she kind of snickered and did nothing and really didn't do anything to stop the other kids from laughing. I went home and told my dad what happened. He told me to tell them that he's self-employed or that he is the business owner in town. What the school didn't know at the time, but what I eventually found out, was that half of the priests that were associated with the school that I attended drank at my father's bar. So you can laugh that one off. You know, it was just amazing. You'd come downstairs because we lived above the bar and you'd find, you know, maybe teachers who taught in the district, in the town, maybe priests were in there. There was all manner of different people that came into this bar. And I went through this for about three years. And then I became friends with a kid named John who used to pack his lunch and eat at school during lunch hour. And his mom called my mom and asked if John could eat at my house during lunch. Because I only lived around the corner from the school and I used to walk home for lunch. And it was agreed and John and I walked over to my house you know, during lunch hour and John met my dad over a bag of potato chips and a bottle of soda and was given a bag of peanuts to take with him for a snack on the way back to school. John proceeded to tell the rest of the class how cool my dad was and what a great place Burns' Tavern was. Every other kid's dad left and went to work in the morning. My dad was home, and whenever I brought a friend over, he was more than generous with a bag of, with some bar snacks and soda. And we were also allowed to sit at the bar, which was another experience for my friends because most of them have never even seen the inside of a bar. So, the next year, when the teacher asked what my dad did for a living, I said he owns a bar. And no one snickered then because by that time all the kids wished that their dad owned Burns' Tavern. The interesting thing about this short story that I just told you was that you never know what can happen. You never know, you know, like a kid could be getting bullied for the wrong reasons. I was laughed at for the wrong reasons. And finally, when the kids in school discovered what I was about, what my father was about, all of the, and I was surprised that the teacher even laughed at um, my response when I said my dad owned a bar and she did nothing to stop the other kids from laughing either. So my point is, don't be afraid to tell the truth. Don't be afraid to let people know who you are, what you are, where you came from, what your parents do, because believe it or not, ultimately, 
okay, kids will find what your parents do interesting. They'll find you interesting, and they will they will stop the funny business of giving you a hard time based upon your life, your upbringing, and who you're involved with and what your parents do for a living. Now, we are going to be covering this next in this podcast we're going to be covering part three of a piece that I started a while ago and that was on um, emotional maturity and we were we're going we went over a bunch of stuff in terms of what and that was paper rustling what emotional maturity actually is and of course we realized that it was respectful it was responsible it was honest it was truthful there was a bunch of things that went along with being emotionally mature now many years ago howard gardner came up with this idea that people have what's called an eq in other words an emotional Quotient and emotional intelligence. It's like your IQ, but it's your EQ. And he started to associate with the uh, EQ certain things that people who were emotionally intelligent did. And there was a great article in a... Um, something I got off the web. It was uh, Nuveen. Uh, And it's a a business um, website. Uh, And it was a great article that was written, it looks like, by Justin Bariso. And it was on emotionally intelligent people follow these rules. And I found it very interesting and I wanted to share some of this information as a curator if you will of content that I think my listeners would probably be very interested in so what do emotionally intelligent people do well number one they practice the do over rule and I found this interesting and I'm just going to give you a, a short sentence or two If you've ever done anything dumb and within minutes wish you could take it back, just do it over. You know, you get sometimes you can get just devoured by the idea of self pity, regret, and so on. Now, if you happen to be rude, discourteous to somebody, and wish that you weren't. An emotionally intelligent person will just go back and say, look, sorry, because it's part of the emotional maturity piece that I spoke about where emotionally mature people are respectful. If you know you're wrong, you admit it. If you've screwed up, you can do it over. Don't sit on it and dwell on it because you're going to feel more and more like a failure by thinking about it. If you can get it done a different way, do it over and do it over the right way the next time. This is what emotionally intelligent people do. And in terms of emotional maturity, 
what they're doing is they are showing that they can admit that they were wrong and they want to go ahead and make it right. So that's number one. Do something over. The next one that we have is setting boundaries. Setting boundaries. Sometimes we allow people to get a little too close and begin to walk all over us. And we have to cultivate some self-awareness and, you know, kind of like understanding your own emotional behavior and what makes you feel comfortable and uncomfortable. And it's important because we can easily start heading down an unhealthy path without even recognizing what's going on. So you have to begin to acknowledge your feelings. You have to begin to acknowledge your feelings and set healthy boundaries. Because as we begin to go down that path, some people will start asking questions. Some people can look like they want to invade our privacy. We have to set healthy boundaries with others. The next one is, and I've discussed this before, emotionally intelligent people know how to listen well. Now remember, there's five types of listening. You have ignoring, you have attentive listening, selective listening, you have um, uh, empathic listening. Now, all of these we do at different times. We do at at different times. And what we have to be aware of is when someone is speaking with us, what are we doing when they're talking to us? And an emotionally intelligent person isn't going to be staring at their cell phone. They're going to be staring at the person that's speaking to them. So try to get a grip on that. You know, try to wrap your head around that. When you're having a face-to-face conversation with somebody, don't have your cell phone out. You know, and of course, if you're eating dinner at the dinner table and you have family there or other people there, I mean, for God's sake, leave the cell phones off or put them in another room so that you can communicate with each other face-to-face. Oftentimes, that becomes the biggest opportunity for families to communicate and that's at a dinner table the next one and this is a big one for me is emotionally intelligent people are resilient they can bounce back and they can they can rise to an occasion when they are almost uh, in a position where they might fail it's almost what I would call peaking They peak. They get to a point and they say, okay, I can do this. And they have the ability to... to You've got to remember something, folks, in terms of resilience. You know, we just watched the Olympics, which I I found, you know, absolutely wonderful. But here's the point I want to make to you. One for three gets you to the Hall of Fame. One for three. You only got to get one hit every three times at bat. That's 3,000 hits 
for 10,000 at bats, and that's a ticket to the Hall of Fame. So I come up to bat in the bottom of the seventh inning, and I'm already 0 for 2, and I get a hit. I did okay. Now, maybe I'll come up in the bottom of the ninth inning and get the game-winning hit, and I'm still 1 for 3, but that one hit meant more than a hit in the first inning with nobody on base. We have a, a the ability to fail. You can fail. People fail. But it's not the failure. It's how you bounce back from the failure. Learn from the mistake. If the guy's constantly throwing you curveballs, learn how to hit a curveball. If he's pitching you inside, take a step back in the batter's box. But learn how to become resilient and don't let failure get you down. The next one, did an emotionally intelligent people do? And again, we're covering emotional maturity, but some of these things are part of being emotionally mature. Like this next one, the rule of recognition. Respect. Emotionally mature people are respectful. You recognize someone else's abilities and you compliment them and you make them understand that you appreciate how well they're doing something. That's important. It's important to speak well of others. It's important to make sure that you recognize that you recognize how well someone does something. This happens in sports all the time. The next one. We have to be able to understand the enormity of a job and we have to realize that sometimes if we're going to do a great job, it can't be rushed. Too often, kids in school will race through things. They'll race through it, and they'll finish it. But they won't finish it and have it done the right way. They won't finish it and have it done the right way. It'll, it'll be done but they'll have to go back and make corrections. They'll have to keep going over it. They don't have the ability to take their time, and that's what is important. How to take your time when you're involved with the task. And this this is true of relationships as well. Relationships aren't built. You don't meet somebody Okay, and all of a sudden have a relationship with them. Relationships build over time. Things take time. And we realize the importance of the time. If we try to do things too quickly, it won't work. Too much, too fast, won't last. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to get yourself involved and and say to yourself, this is going to take me six months. It could take me a year. Some of the greatest accomplishments that people have had 
they've developed the ability to do it over a period of many years, not over a period of a day, a month, not even a week, nothing. They took the time to get things done right. Athletes are like this. Writers are like this. People who have really excelled and they have um, consistent behavior and are great at what they do took the time to get it done right. Now, if you've ever been forced to make a difficult decision in the face of adversity, you might have discovered the truth of this small piece of wisdom. Never make a decision based on a temporary emotion. And emotional, intelligent people know how to do this. Okay, the uh, simple rule of decision making, never make, try and make a decision at night after a bad day when you're tired or hungry. There's, a, there's an acronym for that, which I'm going to go over in a second, right after a vacation or before giving yourself time to think. Never make a decision when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Halt. Stop. Don't do it. Just wait. As a matter of fact, if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, okay, don't put yourself in a position where decisions have to be made. Don't go shopping for flooring. Don't go looking for wallpaper. Don't do anything. Just wait. Sometimes there is strength in waiting. And the last one I want to cover with you is, you know, sometimes we have to change our own perception of things. We have to look at things from the standpoint of, you know, we got to put on different glasses. We have to see that maybe that weakness that we see in others is really a strength. Maybe we have to see the world differently. Maybe we have to see our job differently. Maybe we have to see our boss differently. There's a lot of things that we can do to change our perception. And this is something that I want us all to be aware of. Successful people can see life from another person's perspective and work with that person to see life from the same perspective. That's what successful people can do. They can, they can value the differences. And certainly, someone who is emotionally mature will use those differences as a resource to get jobs done if they're working together with this person as a team. Emotional maturity. That's part three of a three-part series that I, I really felt was a you know, something I wanted everyone to understand. And when you look at these things, these are things you need to teach your children and you need to teach your students because it's important. It's important for them moving forward in life. This is how you end up with children and students and people of character. My name is Jim Burns. You're listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Now, we are going to uh, 
going to make you aware. Now, I just uh, read a very brief story earlier uh, in the podcast, as almost as an introduction, and I want to make you aware that is a story that came out of a book that is going to be published probably within the next few months. It's called Monologues. Uh, I have told stories my entire life. And the monologues is a compilation of the essays that I have written that are related to the stories that I've told. So you're going to be able to get that uh, either on, it'll be on Amazon, it'll certainly be on my website, um, at some point within the next few months. The next thing I want to make everybody aware of is please don't forget the two new products, the two new books that I have out. One of them is The Power of Consistency, and the next one is is The Teacher's Survival Guide. Please take the opportunity, click on the link, purchase these books. Please go to bullyproofclassroom.com. Take a look in the store. Go to bullyproofclassroom.com. Take a course. Do something okay, that will... Um, the courses will give you professional development hours. Any of the books that are in the, um, uh, in the store... You can use them for, for your professional learning communities in school for discussion. So these are all good resources for you to use. If you like this podcast, there's you can subscribe to it and for 99 cents a month and there's book there's courses that you can take within that I call pod courses where you can listen to the course and go over the PowerPoint at home or when you have time, but you'll be listening to the course. You could listen to it going to work. Listen to it at work, when you have lunch, anytime at all. You can do this. And I'm, I'm, what I want you to do is take the time to go to these, um, uh, to my website, Take a look at the new books. Take a look at the resources that are out there. You not only will be edifying yourself, but you will be um, contributing and helping to stop the bullying epidemic. My name is Jim Burns. I want to thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. I will see you again in the next podcast, which will be next week. We've been turning them out one a week now. I'm very happy to do it. Okay, we'll have other great topics that I'm sure everyone will be interested in. So until next time, have a great Tuesday. That's what this podcast will come out on Tuesday. Enjoy, you know, your family, the weather, your friends, whatever you're doing today. Have a great day. Once again, you just listened to Anti-Bullying 101.